Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire cartoon fan podcast. This is episode 309, and today we'll be talking about Hedgehog Werewolf from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. An episode wherein one of our main characters gets turned into a werewolf, and it's just a really chill, fun-to-watch experience the whole way through. Just like, yeah, stuff happened, people are happy, except for Lucy didn't seem very happy, but <laughs> I mean, her time in the sun has yet to come. A few shoes got eaten in this episode. Yes, in the in the Summer Camp Island tradition, the narrative structure of this episode only loosely centers around a conflict with a potential resolution, which is that Hedgehog has become a werewolf and Oscar must help snip some of the hair off the werewolf queen in order to revert Hedgehog back to Hedgehog form. But it turns out that being a werewolf isn't quite a problem, and I find that really fascinating. I At first I thought this episode was sort of a going to be something like a weird, uncomfortable metaphor for puberty, but uh, after watching it uh, multiple times, it doesn't really come across that way, but yet it feels like it is a metaphor for something. And so I really struggled mm. to think, you know, what is Summer Camp Island trying to tell me in this episode? Because yes, there's there's just the fun of being a werewolf and, and letting your wild side loose, but but what is Summer Camp Island trying to say? And so I don't think I landed on it quite being a metaphor, but but there is something there about, I guess, learning to accept an unexpected part of yourself, a, a new part of yourself. Mm. Um it it turns out from recently reading the Summer Camp Island wiki that these are these are tweenagers and not teenagers as I was just reminded. They're both Hedgehog and Oscar are eleven, so these are definitely the years of identity, self discovery. I don't know if there's a real world equivalent though for like suddenly discovering that you're a werewolf. In this case, it isn't even that Hedgehog discovers that she's part werewolf, but is actually it, it's thrust upon her and you know, she does have the choice to back away from it, though. Isn't the whole revelation of a secret heritage like an entire subgenre of the young adult lit field? Well, right. I mean, that's why we all love Harry Potter. The idea that, you know, right around 11, whatever troubles we had in our lives will suddenly be made very small because some yeah. big, <laughs> we'll amazing have much man bigger troubles will come to and, worry about. <laughs> yeah. Tell us we secretly have magical powers. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is an an interesting twist because Hedgehog is allowed to make a choice. And although there are downsides to being a werewolf, it turns out there really aren't downsides to being a werewolf. You can overcome the shoe-eating pretty quickly. Yeah. And then everything else is kind of great. Okay, so so I have a question for how do you view the episode. When Betsy says to go to bed with the loaves of bread on your feet, Hedgehog reacts like it's a joke, but Betsy does not give any indication that it was funny, <laughs> other than the fact that she said a funny thing. So I'm like, let's let's pretend that I'm trying to put together a how-to guide for Summer Camp Island Werewolves, and I have no idea how I'm supposed to categorize this. Oh, well, I mean, I think absolutely it's a it's a real pro tip to get those get those loaves on, you know, as soon as the, the moon is nearing it's full status. You heard it here first, folks. If you're a werewolf in Summer Camp Island, you get those loaves. Yeah, I, yeah, I I don't think it's ever referenced again. 
I mean, obviously, Hedgehog actually comes back as a werewolf in, in future episodes, which I find interesting for Continuity. reasons I'll discuss in just a second. Yes, but I, I don't uh, remember seeing her in Loaves, but maybe my memory is really bad and people are going to instantly call me out on that. But I, 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 she does prepare in other ways later, and maybe we'll get to that the next time we cover a Hedgehog werewolf follow-up sequel. But yeah, I, I think this episode kind of reminds me of when Finn and Jake get magical powers in Adventure Time. There's like just this whole world of things that can happen when when your main character gets you know this set of abilities. And in Adventure Time, it was just a joke, a throwaway, and it never comes back. But even from this episode, it's very clear that Hedgehog's identity as a werewolf is going to continue. At least in my mind, it seemed that way because of how it ends with the reveal that one of the werewolves that was, you know, sort of leading Hedgehog through the experience of being a werewolf was actually Betsy, which I find, I I found it to be like exciting and weird. And it also just happens really quickly at the end. And then you think, oh, there's got to be more about that, right? Because Betsy even says, you know, keep this a secret, which, you know, why? <laughs> why, does, why does she not want to talk about her identity? Because you know how Susie gets around werewolves. Well, and Susie isn't particularly mad about it in this episode. You know, she's actually kind of just intrigued because she's around taking photos for inspiration for the next moon party. Yeah, she was mostly just making fun of Hedgehog, but, I mean, you gotta realize, Susie kind of leads that clique with an iron fist. Oh, absolutely. But it's interesting to see those witches' relationships explored, and I do like the episode where that happens, with with Betsy's werewolfness later. But I also like that they just keep this attribute, which, by the way, the, the things that make Hedgehog interesting have really stacked up by this episode. So you feel a little bad for Oscar. It's really too bad that Oscar's insecurity about how much less he has going on than Hedgehog doesn't come up until <laughs> way, way, way later. Yeah. He's, he's got a long time before that becomes a problem. He's a, he's a very chill boy. But yeah, this episode was definitely a turning point for me for thinking, oh, Hedgehog is actually the protagonist, which I guess you could say this show really is like, you know, Hedgehog and Oscar are really deuteragonists. I think that's the proper way to say that. But, you know, I you just always say Oscar and Hedgehog. They're co-protagonists. Right. Oscar's name always comes first. But now it's starting to feel like Hedgehog's show a little bit because she's just got it all going on. Werewolves got it going on. But I, I do want to talk about Susie because we were mentioning her. She was so absolutely wonderful when she poofed into Hedgehog's cabin there with Betsy. And the just... Uh, uh, do you think I like eating all these grilled cheese sandwiches? Well, you're right, but you're still a mess. <laughs> that, was, I, that was gorgeous. I refuse to believe that it was actually grilled cheese and ice cream day. That's definitely just something. No, that, obviously. Right, definitely something she Betsy She obviously just made that up to, I mean, she, she knew she had Lucy going. And I mean, Lucy played right into her hand there. Yeah, no, Susie's, Susie's just a jerk. You hear me say it now? I'll say it again. She is she is that jerk you love to watch be a jerk, though. Like she said, it's exactly. charming. Oh. It's charming. In- endearing here. Also, I just like her, you know, capitalist nature when she's <laughs> running the moon festival. And yep. Oscar and Hedgehog are like, 
isn't moonlight free, but you know, they pay to get in. 30 minutes of moonlight! Yeah, that was, uh, they got Moon Tunes, was it, that Max was by? Moon Tunes, Baboon, Lagoon, you know. I like just the pure, pure goofiness of the Moon Festival. And then combined with the much more down-to-earth nature of the Werewolf Festival. Man, werewolves are just really cool in this show. I like how they're just like, it, it, it somehow the experimental nature of teenagers, but also this weird, woodsy spirituality. I don't know. I mean, they can hear sounds that can't normally be heard. They can see things in the dark that can't normally be seen. It's, it's a weird extra set of senses for Hedgehog to have. And I still don't even know further into the show, like, how much, you know, where, where does Hedgehog's werewolf side actually influence her, the rest of her life normally, you know? I think I need to, as we continue to watch the show, see if there's an undercurrent of change that could be led by, by her allowing herself to have a bit of a wild side. Like, does she appear looser or more experimental in her choices because of that? You know, something that the episode doesn't delve into because they haven't delved into the nature of Summer Camp Island as a hideaway for magical creatures, but Hedgehog deciding to stay a werewolf means she can't go back to the ordinary world because that would be revealing magic to the outside world. You are blowing my mind right now. That is totally true. We don't have any rules that say like, oh, when you leave Summer Camp Island, the magic stays behind, right? So not that I'm aware of. It would seem that this werewolf identity would become a problem monthly <laughs> for for Hedgehog. And there you have your metaphor. You want to explain that metaphor? I'd rather not, to be honest. Oh, God. I hope it's not a grossly gross metaphor that I'm not understanding. And then if I did, I would be shocked by its adult nature. Well, let me put it this way. Something that happens for a a few days out of each month that happens to chicks around Hedgehog's age. Oh, I feel very innocent now. This whole time I was approaching (laughs) this episode as a as a as a as a foolish male in this society but i am now realizing that there is a a thing that is mysterious and arrives around this time in in a young in a young girl's life and now this is recontextualizing everything for me and that also recontextualizes all the things about what makes a werewolf awesome and now i'm thinking oh this is a deeply deeply feminist uh message here that i'm like I am just all these waves of things are suddenly hitting me. So, wow, thank you, GC, for enlightening me. (laughs) Before we let this continue on, and everyone who knows knows, I I will say that because it took us so long to figure this out, maybe maybe this is what they're saying when they say we need more female creators and more creators of different backgrounds. Because, like, it took us forever to realize this. (laughs) And I bet other listeners... I'm pretty sure Julia Potts, like... How the heck did it take you guys for? It was right there. <laughs> we needed, we needed some, some. We needed Sophia or someone else on to help correct us. I feel so blind now. This is the problem. Sophia this is why our, we need, we need diversity in in the world. Diversity of experiences and perspectives. Well, there you go. We have solved that mystery. Check. Um. <laughs> wow. And. <sighs> I have now, uh, we've also exhausted all the things I have, except one note. One completely unrelated 
to the monthly cycle note, which is the mystery of Hedgehog's Hat. So I think that this episode shows something critical. It looks just like a sight gag. Hedgehog wears a hoodie about uh, somewhere in the middle of this episode because she's sort of, you know, sulking around a bit or trying to trying to trying to hide under her hoodie. But she keeps the hat on under the hoodie. It is hilarious. It is adorable. But it is also (laughs) revealing of just how important that hat is to Hedgehog's identity. And it has been three seasons or however you want to count it. That's how it's listed on HBO Max right now. Three seasons without any explanation as to Hedgehog's hat. Hedgehog's hat's basically on her all the time. And I want to know more about that hat because it sure looks like a wizard's hat. Obviously, Hedgehog is Mm. sort of becoming a more of a magic user all the time. But it's always stood in stark contrast to it's like this constant little, you know, if I have one theory about it, it's that her mom is so, you know, strict and so pushing towards the academic and the scientific that it's like this little way to rebel against that image. What, that it kind of looks like a dunce cap? <laughs> well, right, there's something maybe non-unintellectual about it, and there's something a little magical about it, even if it, you know, mm-hmm. I guess we could argue whether it looks more like a dunce cap or a wizard hat. But now I kind of want to go back and look at some flashbacks and see if Hedgehog doesn't have the hat on at certain points, like if this is something she's just wearing while she's on the island which would feed into mm. that narrative. A worthy topic of discussion. I want to go back, though, to the werewolves themselves. You know, you, you talked about how cool the celebration was, but the werewolves themselves are very chill and accepting. I mean, like, that door guard was like, hey, who's the elephant? And she's like, oh, he's my plus one. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and then, like, you look, and there are no plus ones there. Oscar is the only one. I'm pretty sure plus ones weren't on the invitation. He just let him in anyway, because, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, if it's cool with one werewolf, it should be cool for all the werewolves. Yeah. I, I, I am... It's the, I'm confused. Is the werewolf queen a dog? It looks like the werewolf queen is only ever a dog. Yeah. It was a dog in the yeah, daytime. Yeah, I agree. And then she's a dog in the nighttime. I was about to say, can other animals be werewolves? But in fact, Summer Camp Island is a show... Composed only of animals for its cast. So I guess that the werewolf queen during the day is just a dog. Sure. I mean, it actually kind of makes sense because like in stuff like D&D and other places where you might find werewolves, there is a distinction between a pureblood werewolf and someone who is afflicted with it as part of a curse. So these are all cursed? Yeah, so everyone except for the werewolf queen is a cursed werewolf. She's a pureblood werewolf. Makes mm. sense to me. Yeah. This is also, this means nothing. There's really not going to be any conversation around this, but, um, you know, Oscar does successfully clip off hair from the werewolf queen and then just um, is later told that he can just put it back on her. Does it just stick there? Lie there? Does it immediately fall that back off? That worried me, actually, because I was, we never got to see what it looked like. We don't know if Hedgehog made it look good or not. Uh, right. I, I mean... The werewolf queen said, you know, make it look nice. I mean, but does it magically fuse back on? This is why we just need the few seconds to see something happen with the hair. But it's just for a joke. But now I'm left wondering. And with Restless Nights. You know, that that whole bit with the hair, though, was actually... Again, this, this is another one. If I'm writing the definitive guide to Summer Camp Island werewolves, I don't know what to put here. Because 
Oscar's like, oh, hey, the reason I want your hair is because we want to make it so Hedgehog's not a werewolf anymore. But earlier, when they introduced that concept, it's like, well, I got this from watching some werewolf movies. Oh, so it could completely be not legit, except it seems that the werewolf movies happen to be correct because the werewolf queen appears to recognize that that would be a thing that works? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. Did she did she say, okay, well, you can have my hair then? Because she was like, oh, okay, if that's what she wants. Or was it because like, this won't work, but whatever, let's see where this goes. Right, well, the queen could just... She just wanted to see them try. Right, she doesn't ever quite explicitly verbally confirm it. She just says like, oh, I have the power to reverse, you know, Hedgehog's affliction. She never specifically says that the hair does. Also, what were they going to do with the hair? Did Hedgehog have to eat it? Wear it? Toss it over her shoulder? They were going to make a potion of some kind. Oh. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just don't know what the plan was. So I I will be left forever wondering whether Hedgehog could have stopped being a werewolf with the werewolf queen's fur, or if she only indulged them because she kind of figured she had Hedgehog's uh, approval at that point. I just... Answer me this one question, though. Why Hedgehog and not Oscar? I mean, I know she was quicker to go check on the werewolf queen after not running her over, but neither of them ran her over. They both had to go off the road to avoid her. So if it was really as thanks for not running me over, you'd think she would have sought Oscar out too. Well... It seems really, really mean to exclude him. I mean, being a werewolf's pretty rad, as uh, Oscar was quick to point out. Right, I mean, since apparently the queen views it as a blessing and not a curse, there's not really a great story reason as to why. Metaphorically speaking, I would say that what we previously yeah. discussed would suggest that it's a ladies-only club, but I am pretty sure there that... There are males, it looks like. Right, there's female and male presenting werewolves, so it's not like Oscar should have to be excluded. And I don't really think it would break the metaphor either. So I don't know. It uh would kind of break the metaphor because our perspective character would be male rather than female, but... The fact that males do canonically exist I don't think breaks the metaphor because we're not paying any attention to them. All the important werewolves in our lives are female. Right. So I think that's good enough. Well, and we still don't uh, know... If we want to view it that way. I guess we're assuming, like like you said with the D&D thing, that every single other werewolf was bitten at some point, which maybe they all have as unassuming origin stories as Hedgehog where they just get bitten by the dog. But... I don't know. I, I, I wonder if for Betsy, it was also something that happened accidentally or if it was a choice. I don't know if we'll ever explore that. But it is interesting how for Hedgehog, it starts off as not a choice, at least. Yeah, you think she would have like thanked her and said, hey, you want to be a werewolf or something? <laughs> it, it is nice to be asked first, but I guess being a werewolf is just so cool that the queen just assumes. It's like, would you really ask somebody if they want $1,000? You'd be like, I mean, you just assume here's $1,000. Like, I'm not going to ask you. I could just hand I mean, it to you. I don't know the banking laws in their country. There might be problems <laughs> with just dropping 1000 on them. Right, you might get taxed somehow. Oh, heaven uh, forbid. Well, th- I guess, you know, there's other things. That's I mean, okay. if I I'll, just- I'll route it through a few dummy accounts. Right, we'll open a shell corporation. <laughs> I mean, if you just hand somebody $1,000 on the street, you're putting them at risk of, I mean, now they have $1,000 in cash. You know, where are they going to put it? You know, they could be in danger of being assaulted or robbed or something. So that that really, uh, that uh, tracks. Lessons, really lessons that we learn from Knights of the Old Republic too. That's another, if you know, you know. I am 
you know, that is one very specific example of that. There may be no other examples of that. So, sure, that's the Old Republic too. Hey, Nar Shada, baby. Oh, so really, there, there's really only one other thing I have to say about the episode, which is that the moon is always at whatever party he wants to be at. He was like, I'll see you at the festival. And he's like, I'm the moon. I'm already there. I, I do like how the moon is omnipresent, so he can be carrying on individual conversations with tons of different people. And I loved that when Hedgehog leapt up to confront Susie at the end there, you have the moon with a very stern, I disapprove of you, Susie, face right behind her. Very powerful. Well, okay, the moon may be omnipresent, but like, I don't, he also moves around in the sky. I can't remember the episode, but the moon like goes to check in on Oscar's parents at one point, yeah. right? And like, I don't know how that works in the Summer Camp Island world, but sometimes I feel like there's the moon that exists everywhere else, and then there's the moon that talks in Summer Camp Island, but that's not entirely, that can't be true, because we've seen the whole, like, celestial organization during the the wedding episode for the space aliens, and the moon is the one moon. It's a wild scene. I think there's some heavy-duty magic stuff going on on this island. I think someone should probably look into it, maybe make a TV show. Probably animated. Oh, they made, like, with the Magic Treehouse children's book series, a secondary book series that just explained the science for each book or the history for each book. And so what I need for Summer Camp Island episodes is a separate guide that explains it to me. Much like, uh, you know, there was the guide to the crystal gems and there was the, you know, book three or whatever for Gravity Falls. But I really need an episode by episode breakdown a la Magic Treehouse because we're never going to get it in show. And, um, I'm, I, you know, we're obviously being driven mad by trying to speculate how this island works. And, you know, magic, yeah. I guess we never know. It's a little wild. Anyway, guys, that's us on Hedgehog Werewolf. Make sure you join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Thank you for uh, leaving us 95 reviews so far on Apple Podcasts. Five more and we'll reach an arbitrarily three-digit number. Thanks. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>